and we back at it again. I'm gonna use this voice effect for the rest of the class. No, I'm joking, but we're gonna start with a brain game. I feel like that's like not cool at all to do. Coo, coo, coo. Um, I'd like to clarify something. The brain game should be fun. This is not like a test and this is not like a panic of, oh my gosh, I have to get this right or there's some implication. The brain game is purely, it's, it's exercise for the brain. It's just trying to make you think. Like I did an activity with my students this week. It was an introductory, it was like the first thing I did Let's, I picked the world for world studies and the United States for American studies, but I just gave them a blank piece of paper and I said, you need to draw a map of the world. And then some of them like, okay. I was like, but the twist is you need to do it upside down. So when you flip it right side up, like where's Australia supposed to be? The bottom right. So when you're drawing it, where's it gonna be? The top left. And like, that's supposed to be fun. These kids, a lot of them seemed to, at least initially, like not be having a good time. Like it did not seem to be an enjoy, an enjoyable experience for them. There was like panic, like, oh my gosh, I don't know. It's like, relax, like just try your best. It's just to challenge and stretch your brain a little bit. Think how, like for the United States, okay, you ideally have a general idea as like the shape of the United States. So just... Challenge your brain a little bit, do it upside down, and then like you have to slow down a little bit and think. And it was interesting, and I'll be done my rant in a moment, then we'll get back to the brain game. It seems, well, I, I won't say I know. My observation would lead me to believe that we are certainly in, especially this young generation, but now with the internet, that if you are given a problem that requires an answer, and the internet doesn't tell you or show you, or you can't find the answer very quickly, we tend to be like, nah, most people, let's say, tend to be like, nah, and just like stop. And they'll wait, students will wait for me like, I don't know. And then I'll say, well, I don't know either, even though I probably do, not to say that because I'm smart, it's because I'm asking the question, right? But like, they are of the generation and the mindset, and I think we all are now that we have the internet of, I don't need to think, super hard unless it's like for the things i'm like usually think about throughout the day like work i've been trained to think in and even then it's like not that much of a again depends on what you do but what like when i'm teaching problems that rise up i'm like all right like this is this is my environment this is what i normally think about so when all of a sudden something gets thrown at me that's like my brain's like ah and like has to think it's like, yo, chill, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> when it should at least, like, okay, let's just breathe a little bit, observe what we're looking at, and let's just take a chunk, one chunk at a time. That's thinking. And ideally, we should get to the point where we enjoy thinking. We enjoy thinking, is that the right way to say it? We enjoy, we like to think. Yeah, we enjoy thinking. I feel like that sounds right. It's exercise for the brain. Things that just stretch the brain a little bit. So, should I feel like I need to go back to the voice. One sec. Time for a brain game. The question is, sorry. I, I don't know if I make mouth noises, but I truly like, this is a, I'm ranting. I'm like going off on rants. I despise hearing people's like mouth, you know, like anything. And even on like podcasts, there's just some people's mouths that just make noises and how they talk where I'm like, I can't do it. So I apologize. Anywho, how do we measure? This is the question. <laughs> We're back. How do we measure how developed a nation is? 
key things to point out before we break down the question together. Notice I'm not saying like civilized. That's what the Europeans did in the late 1800s. They were going to civilize other nations because they're looking at themselves and they're like, hey, we got machines. And then they go into Africa, parts of Africa, and they're like, these people are still making fires and like using spears and arrows. We got guns. And in their mind, they're like, oh, we're more civilized. And then as a, in quotation, civilized people, end quote, they go and just like try to dominate an entire continent and the world and oppress people and kill people and rape people. And yet they're doing it to civilize other nations. So not saying good or bad. Let's say that. So when we look at a nation that's less developed, and I have a definition for it, and like there's multiple definitions, advanced or elaborated to a, spe to a specified degree in regards to like social studies, that's of a country or region, advanced economically and socially. I even have to feel like I have to press pause for the socially. Like developed what? So like the people, the people in Papua New Guinea who think that if someone dies in their village that like there's probably a witch amongst them and they find the witch and then kill them and eat them. Are they still civilized people? Versus like, let's say a nation who has internet oppresses its people, genocide, like whatever. There's so many instances. I don't want to pick a single one. China popped into my mind, but like China is certainly civilized. A civilization. Well, this whole, the, the concept of like, what is civilized? Like, it's not just technology, perhaps it's behavior as well. And like cultural norms and values. Anywho, we're going primarily economic. If there's a spectrum of like least developed to most developed in regards to economic and technological advancement, how do we measure? So, for instance, and I think I'm thinking of my friend Michael, for, I feel like saying this to him would make sense, and hopefully it makes sense to you. If you go to a nation, you're like, all right, how civil, or, <laughs> oh, how uh, developed is this nation? Like a scale one to 10. I'm like looking around, like, mm, I give it a four. It's like, okay, what are the things that you're looking at? What are the variables? or the characteristics of this society that you're looking at that has you giving it a four. So this is the brain game. On a skip, I drop you into a nation <laughs> or a society. You're invisible, you got Harry Potter's invisibility cloak and you got a clipboard. And they're like, all right, report back. Scale of one to 10, how developed is this nation? We need to have a if this is like the social science part, like trying to apply a, a universal language or measurement to social studies, that's like social science. We need to have almost like units of measurement, no? Or like things to look at, like a checklist. Like, okay, how are they doing on this, 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 this? What are those things? That's the brain game. So if you want to press pause, go for it. I'm going to start back up in three seconds. And we're back. What'd you say? Tweet it. I don't know. There's no way for... I, ideally, we could actually have conversations. Like, this would be the class discussion. I do think, pair, share. So, spend some time. Think. As Nikki Donato, the guru, points out, you should have them write it down as well. Meet up with a partner, share your ideas, develop confidence, like, okay, this is actually a terrible idea, or like, okay, nice, we thought the same thing, and then we talk as a class. But we can't do that, clearly. So the question was, how do we measure how developed a nation is? And then I followed up with that, like, what are the characteristics, what are the things you're looking for? I'm gonna do my thinking aloud, see if you had generally the same thoughts. My thought process was that Maslow hierarchy of needs. Yeah, so like you got physiological needs. I'm looking at this on the internet right now. Physiological needs, which is food, water, warmth, rest. Safety needs, which is security and safety. 
And then it gets up to psychological needs, so like belongingness and love needs, esteem, and then self-actualization. I would put... Whoa, you can hear that bug on my headphones. I would put the physiological and safety needs, that's what I would look for. Are the, for your average person within that society, are their physiological needs and their safety needs being met? As in, the likelihood that your average person will be able to eat, drink clean water, general safety from like natural not natural disasters because like there's only so much you can do with that although i suppose if a nation or a society is more prepared for natural disasters that probably means that they're more developed because they have like the time to do that yeah time is a major aspect of this and that so physiological is the base level of maslow and then it gets up to safety needs and safety is like security and safety i would think about it like this right i when is in a society when other than like government oppression and they're like seeking out people they don't want within their society when would people's security and safety be in danger the other thought would be like cartel right but other than that i would think it would be when their physiological needs are not being met so just in my mind like that's the basis yeah looking at a developed nation the average person, their ability to get food, clean water, and then like warmth and rest, their general comfort, I guess, if you will. Now, to talk about like what I was saying before with there's a difference between developed and civilized, looking at like the psychological needs, the belongingness and love, the esteem, the self-actualization, I don't think that the more developed in regards to like economic a nation gets, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say for sure that that correlates then with the psychological needs because you could have a developed nation of people who are depressed. I, I kind of feel that's like the United States a little bit. I mean, literally not everyone's depressed, obviously, but you would think that like if the more developed a nation gets the happier people get there's probably a threshold like again i'm thinking out loud so i don't even know all the answers and if that like upsets you like that's not the point the point's just to like go through the process of thinking and for me to teach you a few things i've heard the uh statement that after sixty thousand a year for income happiness doesn't necessarily increase so like there's something to be said about being unhappy when you're homeless or hungry but once you have a general threshold of income and you're making a certain amount like the difference between a hundred thousand and a million it's almost like mo money mo problems the problems might just change so like does becoming more developed does that improve the people's sense of belongingness and love i don't necessarily think it would but that is just moi i would say that a more developed a nation gets, their basic needs are being met. How? Why? Think of like the food, and I've talked about this before. What is required in order for you, as your average person, if you're not hunting for your food, what do we do? I drive to the grocery store. There is food there. I gather what I want, I exchange money, I leave. Which requires like driving, roads, paved roads, maybe even highways, all the stuff it took for that food to get to me. So the more developed, I, the, yeah, right, it's how you think about it. The more developed a nation is, the more likely or the more access people have to food. So I guess really what it is is, the more the people get access to food, that's an inclination or a sign or a measurement that that nation is developing. Infrastructure. In so like infrastructure has to be a major one. In regards to like warmth and rest, are do people have access to energy? So when a, and then let's think about like the implications of when a society is making infrastructure, what does that imply? 
that means that they have enough capital or wealth. And if you're doing infrastructure, that's likely to be like taxes. So the people in the society has enough wealth that like they have, we'll call it extra money. When your people aren't starving, when your people are like, okay, we're feeling good on food. Now, what else can the money go towards? Let's build some roads, right? Let's develop this infrastructure. So another indicator, I feel like this one's obvious, but I hopefully I just broke it down. Why? Wealth. Then it's like, okay, well, what are we looking at? Are we looking at like how much money the government has or how much money the people have? Like, what's your average person? How much do they make? How much money do they have? Because I'm thinking of like North Korea. I'm sure the government has, I mean, you would say in theory, because it's communism, 100% of the money, but like they collect the wealth from the people. So what is it in general? How much money is within that society, government and people? And then if you're like, what's the difference, man? I'm like, huh? guess it depends on the society. And then let's examples, non-examples, an oppressive government. So an oppressive government that the people are still like being fed, they have an infrastructure. Is that a sign of a less developed nation? Like that everyone's basic and physiological needs are being met, but they oppress their people. Does that bring them down on the scale? In your mind, like, what's your opinion on that? Does that bring them down on the scale of a developed nation? Because that's when we get into, like, good, bad. I mean, can you argue that a government oppressing its people is bad? I guess some people would twist it as, like, well, the government... The people don't know how to serve themselves, so the government is there to protect them. Anything else? So we have the... What I said, at least, was the physiological needs, the basic needs. So people are not starving. They get access to clean and clean water. I guess like the more clean the water or the easier to access the water, the more developed a nation is, you would think. Because if they have minimal wealth as a society or it's time, time and money has to kind of be the same thing in a sense, right? Because if all the time is being spent by the people, on like we need to find food and water then they're not able to dedicate time to move forward it's once you let's say like once you as an agricultural society and like this is the neolithic revolution once you have harvested the crop and then you have some in the back you can spend more time moving forward looking for it like hey, what's the next problem coming up and what can we do right now that's going to prevent that problem or at least reduce the impact of that problem and so I'm thinking like when I say time and money are the same, I almost think that rather than like, oh, we have time to worry about those problems. And now it's like we have the money to worry about that problem. Like which is more of a priority, making sure that the roads are freshly paved or ensuring that your people are eating. Like if you have these nice, beautiful roads and then you just have people like skeletons crawling on them, you've wasted your money. Okay. There is a unit of measurement, I suppose. It's called the it's HDI. I'm gonna to refer to it as HDI. It stands for Human Development Index. And that's essentially, like this is social science to the best of our abilities because humans are like the wild card of science so far that we understand until we like discover aliens. But humans individually and collectively are very difficult to just like put in a box and measure and say like, we totally understand. But the HDI, Human Development Index, uses three main categories to measure how developed a nation is. So it's like the scale of one to 10. You're like, well, I give them a four. It's like, okay, well, where HDI comes in is there is a almost a measurement for four. So you look at these three categories and based on where they're at in that, that's in the spectrum, like, okay, I'd place them at a four. It's a rubric, <laughs> yeah? It's a way to measure something that's not as simple as like measuring how tall someone is. The complexity behind how developed a nation is, like it's, I wouldn't say bonkers, but it's a tough one. It's not so simple. The three 
variables, we'll call them, um, are a long and healthy life for the people, how much knowledge your average person has, and then a decent standard of living. And within each three, there are indicators. So for long and healthy life, the indicator, as it's called, or the measurement, is what is the average life expectancy at birth? For knowledge, it's what are the expected years of schooling and what are the mean years of schooling for your average person? Get into like cultural things, the difference between boys and girls, yeah, right? Um, and then the last one, a decent standard of living, what's the GNI per capita? Gross national income. What is the average of the people, what are they making? So what we're gonna do for like the next 10 minutes is for each of those three, just give like a general, it's another. Brain this is it. For each indicator, we're just gonna say like, what is it? Pretty obvious. And then why would that be an indicator for how developed a nation is? Bigger picture, y'all. When we start to look at nations, I'm gonna be, I'm going to say like, okay, well looking at their HDI and like we're going to be looking at really breaking down like the rankings and there are rankings where are the less developed nations at do we notice any trends why might they be that way what is life like for them what's like as we move up who are the more developed nations why are they developed what are they doing and how might the decisions and actions of the developed nations be influencing the less developed nations Indicator number one, life expectancy at birth. What does that mean? Upon birth, place a human in society at a certain time. And then upon birth, how long are they likely to live? Like a, a side, I was gonna say like aside from random accidents, but perhaps the random accidents or like Violence is an indicator that they're less developed. So the safer a person is, essentially, and not just like safe as in like walking down the street, I'm not going to get jumped, I'm not going to get hit by a car, I'm not going to die at work. The safer the person is in that sense, as well as are they well fed? Are they able to like get rest? Like all, are, do they have access to medicine? That's a key one. When you get sick, are you able to go to the hospital? Number one, are you able to get treatment at the hospital? And then is the treatment that the hospital gives you sufficient enough to keep you alive? What would be the reasons that a person cannot get any of those? Number one, infrastructure. Like if you live in the jungle, it's harder to get to a hospital. If you don't have like means of transportation, either a public bus or a vehicle, doesn't matter what the vehicle is. If your average person is less likely to have that, then like I would think that that's a sign that that society's not as developed. Why? Because if they are, then they've created infrastructure. I mean, it kind of connects the GNI. They can either afford a vehicle, and I understand even in a developed nation such as the United States, not everyone has access to a vehicle, but they like they can't drive it. But they're likely able to access a bus somehow. Something. Not everyone can, but more can than not, and that is a sign of a more developed nation. Food. Again. In a developed nation, like you can just go to the grocery store. And it that is not happening. And people are dying of malnutrition or they're dying from diseases that in other nations could or societies could be cured. Or the likelihood of like dying young due to violence. And when is violence usually happening? It's when like people are just living out in the Wild West because it's every man for himself or woman or they. Those are signs. Now, time for another brain game. Which country do you think, and let's just go like general area is the most developed. According to 
20, the 2019 census of the Human Development Index and its components. So it, it's a scale from zero to one. So that's like the scale of one to 10, I guess, but rather than a four, it's a point four. What do you think? I'll read off the top five. Again, this is from 2019, so things have changed. Number one, Norway, with a score of 0.957. Interesting. I find this one to be interesting. Number two is Ireland, with a score of 0.955. Switzerland, right behind that, it's a tie. They're 0.955. Number four is Hong Kong, with a 0.949. Tied at fourth, Iceland, 949. And then that's five, but Germany's number six. Where do you think the United States is? Do you think we're in the top 10? I feel like me asking that question kind of gives it away. Negatory. And who's better than us in regards to HDI? Because no one's better than America. Norway, Ireland, Switzerland, Hong Kong, Iceland, Germany, Sweden, Australia, Netherlands, Denmark, Finland, Singapore, United Kingdom, close, Belgium, New Zealand, Canada, and then the United States, we lost to Canada. I feel like, I don't know what life was like in the 80s, but if you probably to ask Americans in like the 80s, like, hey, do you think Canada's better than the United States? People are like, yeah, okay. But now, if you ask people in the United States, like, probably. I mean, it's cold, but they seem pretty nice and they seem to be generally well put together. Well, in the 2019 HDI, they are ranked 16th. We are ranked 17th. Norway's average life expectancy is 82.4. The United States is 78.9. Now, like Hong Kong's life expectancy at birth is 84.9 so they're two years two and a half years really above norway but keep in mind there's two other indicators or variables so number one what life expectancy at birth why i feel like i broke that one down a little bit also this is going to take more than 10 minutes it's been five minutes just for one of them Life expectancy at birth, that means like if they're in a, living in a generally safe society, usually you would think, again, as I said, other than like government and like cartel and stuff, when a society's basic needs are being met, you tend to be safer, like it's not dog-eat-dog. -dog. Access to medicine, access to food, access to clean running water. I'm not going to throw shade, but... I'm gonna throw shade. Which country do you think is lowest on the scale? At least like pick a region, an area. The answer is Niger. With a 0.394, the average life expectancy is 62.4. But folks, that's not even the worst. I'm looking at, let's say, Central African Republic is 53.3. So Norway was 82 average person. Central African Republic is 53. So what's the question, y'all? What's the key question? It's why? What is going on there? If you look on the map, like it's not just random and like i'm looking at the bottom countries sudan gambia ethiopia malawi the congo liberia guinea yemen i'm just i'm going through a few of them mozambique burkina faso burkina, burkina faso sorry wow burkina <laughs> sierra leone mali these are african nations what was last episode's theme or topic it was imperialism that europe who by the way the top developed nations took over and colonized 
and the long-term effects, like to think it's over, that was in the 1880s when it started. It really ends in the 1950s. Like to think we're out of that would be foolish. Anywho, what's the next indicator? What and why? Knowledge. Generally important. Now I'm biased because I'm a teacher. So what they, they, whoever those people are, the people in their ivory towers, what they look at is the expected years of schooling. So take person, place them in society, and then number one, how long do we think they're going to live? How long are they expected to live based on the circumstances that they're in, the context of that area? Number two, are the people educated? Now you could have a small class of people who are educated and they get the education, but if majority of the people are not, that's going to bring down the average. So the expected years of schooling or the mean years of schooling. Why? Well, let's think. I said time and money. And this also connects to G&I, I would say. But what school? School is like a full-time job. Yeah. And the only way you can send, usually, the young people to school is if, like, that costs money, right? So if you can afford, let's say as a parent, and it was a choice, even though in our society it's not in the United States, to a certain age. If you don't need them to be working to get more income, you can send them to school. So if a nation or a society has enough money, now like the money for school in our society is from taxes. So that's the people put money together and they're saying like, we're gonna take this population all the way up to at least 18, now you can drop out. But if, I mean like 14 to 18 are like able-bodied workers, we're not going to use them. That's okay. We're going to send them to school. So the other alternatives, that's like, I guess, more developed. So like the longer you're in school, you're really in regards to producing. Let's say you're a long-term investment, but at the time, like you're wasting time because you could be working, which means you could be feeding your family, which connects to the other indicator, which is GNI, or you could be doing something for your society. But a more developed society says, no, we're going to almost like burn money, even though it's a long-term investment. We'll talk about that in a moment. We're going to take that money and put it in the youth and they're going to like go do their own thing and become educated. So that is K through 12, and then like trade school or higher education, which goes all the way up to getting your doctorate. So from what I'm, what I've seen, expected years of schooling are the number of years during which a two-year-old child can expect to spend in schooling. And then the average mean is they just look at, they collect like the census of people and say like, how long were they in school? So looking at let's say expected years of schooling australia is the highest with 22 but they're not the highest for the mean years of schooling that's germany for 14.2 so i would think that mean years of schooling I, i'm not gonna say it carries more weight i don't necessarily know like i'm not an expert at this but and i'm looking now i'm looking at the 2020 Human Development Report. Germany, your average person is in school for 14 years in Germany. Top five countries for mean years of schooling. Germany, 14.2. Switzerland, 13.4. Canada, 13.4. US of A, 13.4. And then the United Kingdom at 13.2. So... We have K through 12, and then 
I would suppose like when it's a higher, it's obviously when it's higher than that, either they're starting younger or it's how many people are going to a higher education because not everyone does that. Now looking at the lowest, Burkina Faso, and this is for mean years of schooling. Burkina Faso, which the life expectancy is 61. Um, the mean years of schooling is 1.6. Niger is 2.1. Mali is 2.4. Chad is 2.5. And Guinea is 2.8. Africa. Again, and I like, that's not throwing shade at Africa. I hope the last episode was like, helps you understand or like at least this is evidence for the theory that imperialism had a negative effect so i don't even think it's a theory like this is proof i would say think about that mean years of schooling that doesn't mean that every single person goes to school in burkina faso for 1.6 years they only do six tenths of a year and then bail that means that there's a lot of people who are not getting an education would be my guess. Again, looking, let's look for trends here. The top nations in regards to means of schooling for mean years of schooling. European and North American. And when I say North American, United States and Canada. No shade to Mexico. I think, like, this is where critical race theory is not like. <laughs> um, I I feel like r race definitely plays a part. Like, <laughs> you know, like when I'm looking at this stuff, I'm like, all right, well, what are all the different things? <laughs> All the different, um, what do the people at the top share versus the people at the bottom or the people not at the top? And by the way, so let's say like HDI, Norway, Ireland, Switzerland, Hong Kong, like there are Asian, there is an Asian country at the top. I was gonna say there are, there is an Asian country in the top 10. It just doesn't really seem like that major, that, that, like that's not a coincidence i would think now my thoughts on critical race theory are it's kind of like marxism it's like okay to understand history and it, I mean, this is like the extreme to understand history like a marxist would say social class drives everything social class is a part of it just as race is and race isn't even always a part of it because like you have the rwandan genocide which race was a part of it in regards to imperialism. But those are two groups that are within the same race that were like, fighting amongst one another. Or let's say like World War II, race isn't like the driving factor behind that. A Mar like I feel like a Marxist would say like, yeah, it's about the wealthy, you know, oppressing the lower class and whatever, trying to continue to keep their wealth. I don't subscribe, again, I'm just a random white dude. I don't subscribe to that mindset for anything. Like social studies is far too complex. Now, with that being said, like looking at this HDI, race is clearly something that stands out. What that does, and let's just take this a little bit further. I feel like I'm on rants today, but what this doesn't show or what this doesn't imply, I should say, is that black people regardless of their nationality so they could be from the united states they could be from africa they could be in the caribbean this doesn't this isn't like a social it's really a social darwinist mindset would say like oh well that's not really a coincidence though that like the whites are on the top and blacks are on the bottom it shows capability like no <laughs> not at all like the historical context you need to look at the past like okay well what has happened in the past that would help us understand like why this nation race was a part of it that's what justified the europeans going into africa but now it's connected to that event it's not that like oh if you're black or a black society is worse at handling money <laughs> i feel i'm like walking on eggshells trying to be as like objective as possible um I, and if like this stuff were to get clipped which it's not going to because like not that many people listen to this 
it could be problematic, but I feel like I've made a pretty decent case. Whew. I'm sweating. Moving on. What are the reasons why a person in a society would not receive an education? Brain game. Number one, the education is not provided. Now, why would a public education system, because we don't got to dive too deep, but what is public education? It's essentially people coming together and funding an investment into the, in the future, right? You're better off if your people are educated. So it's, I mean, public education is the community paying for whatever is required for school. Perhaps that's not being provided. Why is it not being provided? Either they don't have the means to do it. And like, that's a very, there's a spectrum to that. Yeah, like, is there a building? Do they have windows, air conditioning? Are textbooks provided? So like, perhaps there is an education that's being provided. The quality of that education, that's a whole other thing. Or I suppose we could call it a, like a reason why that person is not being educated. So either the means are not there or I guess we'd have to call it culture as in like, it's not as valued. So I think like the, I don't remember, I could Google it right now. I Googled it, it's eighth grade. So the Amish essentially, and then it gets a little bit more informal. It says, education becomes more infor informal. This is after eighth grade and geared toward preparing for the adult world. So in the United States, usually it's 12th grade. That's when high school ends. For the Amish, that's lower. So looking at these nations, how much their people or how many the mean years of education, again, reasons why it's not happening. One, they're not getting it. Number two, they that student cannot get to the education. Why? Infrastructure. You're like, oh, just hop on the bus. Like, okay, that's what a developed nation does. They send out vehicles to like harvest all the children and put them in the school. If that was not the case, like I watched a video of like what some kids have to go through to get to school. They're like crossing frozen rivers and it's like actually really sketchy. You know, kids like, walk to school but it's like miles on dirt roads if you're living in the jungle like you're out in the middle of the jungle like it's just not so easy to like go to the school so infrastructure which you would think the more developed a nation is as we talked about the more likely they're going to have a system of infrastructure the less developed the more difficult it may be for your perhaps we'll call them outliers to get to that education, which is gonna bring down the average. Last one, last reason in my mind, the student is not getting an education, the student is working. So like, sure, yeah, that'd be great. Go to school t till you're 18 and then you know algebra, but like we need to get food on the table. So, why would that be a sign of a less developed nation? I think that is a good segue into the final indicator, which is GNI, N as in Nancy, or national because GNI stands for gross national income. It is the final indicator for how we measure. And according to the internet, GNI per capita is the dollar value of a country's final income in a year divided by its population. So it does not literally show how much people make, but it's like it's the average income. Now, that's the what. Let's think about the why. Why would looking at GNI represent how developed a nation is. I think this one requires, it might require more thought. You might be like, well, it seems pretty obvious. So what should we be doing in our brains right now? It's almost like a trial and error. So you've just been given information that like, okay, when measuring how developed a nation is, experts have said, so like people have already 
smart people have already figured this out. Let's look at GNI. You've now just found out what GNI is. It's essentially the income of the nation divided by the population. Why? What are your theories? It's just trial and error. Just like give up. So what you do is you propose a theory or a hypothesis and then immediately start to critique it in your own mind. My guesses would be that if there is money within a nation and we don't even know like divided among the population you could be going like north korea where there's a very small percentage that share a lot of the wealth i mean that's also the united states <laughs> um if your average person has a base level of wealth that implies that there is money within the nation which means that they're at least have a balance of imports and exports as in like there is some form of industry which they are making a profit so it's almost like the board game your nation has to be able to make money are you providing goods and services that get money into your nation and then are you able to have jobs provided for people who are either going to serve that function of creating a product or a good that's desired by outside nations or it keeps the money spinning within the nation so like a coffee shop or i don't know a restaurant like we at least in the united states need to be spending money but when your average person has a higher income that shows that, I mean, what infrastructure has, I always come back to infrastructure, but like infrastructure has to be established so people can get to work, goods can be moved around, and then whatever that good is, that product is, could be a service or it could literally be a product, it's created and then exported, which brings money in. So I think in regards to like a, um, a sign of how developed a nation is, that like GNI does make sense, yeah? I mean, obviously, because the <laughs> experts have done it or they're the ones that have said it. A key, uh, they're calling it a takeaway from the research that I've found, gross national income is an alternative to gross national product as a measure of wealth it calculates income instead of output. So this is how much the people are making, your average person. And when the people make more money, they're able to spend more money on blank. Laptops, phones, Bose speakers, food, restaurants, consumption now any guesses on the top nation the nation with the highest gni and i will i will venmo you ten dollars it has to be a guess if you know it i'm not venmoing you and there's no proof so i win but Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein, Liechtenstein. I don't know why I'm, I have a difficult time with that. It's $131 and $32, and they're going with US dollars on this one. Qatar is second with $92,000. i am just going to... $92,418. It's Liechtenstein, Qatar, Singapore, Luxembourg, Switzerland, and then Ireland. And then United Arab Emirates. So what are we noticing here? In regards to life expectancy at birth and schooling, European countries for sure, or I guess you'll say like the Western civilization, because counting Canada and the United States. Here I'm seeing like Qatar, Singapore, United Arab Emirates is up there. Like, that's interesting. United States is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth with 63,826. What? So, the, uh, looking at this, I'm, I'm stuttering, sorry. Liechtenstein's 131, Qatar is 92, Singapore is 88, Luxembourg 72, and then after that, it's all in the 60s until it drops to the lowest 
which th th I think this is where it's causes um, a lot of feelings and thoughts. Burundi had their GNI is seven hundred and fifty four dollars. Then you have Central African Republic for with nine hundred ninety three, Malawi with one thousand thirty five, and then the Congo, the Democratic Republic of the Congo, is one thousand and sixty three. So that is, it's essentially like average income of a person. $754. Thoughts and feelings, questions, and like, take time. Again, I like this is, and I said I'm going to try to make this short, and we're at 15 minutes. You see that. We're focusing on our thinking. We see information. How do we process it? And like, where do we go? Um, Like, what is life like? What's Burundi like for your average person? That's a question. I, just how do they how do they go about their life? I'd be interested then to see is there a correlation? I would assume the answer is yes, but between G and I, seven fifty four, and like life expectancy, which is sixty one years, which is not the worst. Central African Republic is 53. And why is it like they're obviously connected in the sense that like if you don't ha make enough money, you can't get taxed, which infrastructure and then you can't afford medicine. The mean years of schooling in Burundi is 3.3. Let me just for Niger, which was the lowest ranked 189th. Life expectancy is 62 years. The mean years of schooling is 2.1, and their GNI is 1,201. The questions are, in my mind are, I guess the specific ones are like, how is there correlation? Is there correlation? Let's say as GNI increases, does crime go down? What are like? Do they? What is their industry? Do they have anything? Um, the effects of imperialism. So we'll see. There's like illegal mines in some areas in Africa. Does that then it like we'll get into that, but like, does that then help us understand the GNI? I also and I'll close with this. And as we're going to be going into the next stage we're looking at the modern world hdi is going to be a major lens that we look at like okay lower countries what and why like what are they like what's it like living there why are they so low how did they get to this point it's kind of the same question and then like where are they going and is the developed nation's lifestyle or are they doing anything that's keeping what's preventing the um mean years of schooling or the gni or the life expectancy what's preventing it from being higher is it growing is it going down but a final thought just looking at this is gratitude that the average income in burundi is 754 dollars that is wild now I know like cost of living that's not a month's rent. So you can't I don't think you can function in our society with that. So we can't apply why because we're, like we're developed. <laughs> you can't apply making $754 and living in the United States. But what you can do is say okay, they make that much money. Like what is their life like? And then I think that should put some things in perspective for us. With that being said, I understand that there are people in poverty in the United States. There are people that are hungry in the United States. And even if you, that doesn't mean people don't have problems. 
Yeah? Like, wealthy people can be miserable. Now, I'm sure if you were to ask someone in Burundi, like, hey, you want that mansion? They're like, uh, yeah, please, that'd be sweet. I think it puts in perspective, though, I'm grateful, and I have nothing that I've done, and white privilege included, but also just, like, developed nation privilege, to live in a developed nation. There's nothing, I didn't choose that, I was just born in 1993 in South Jersey. There is a spectrum. And I am on the far end without even, like with being born in this society, I am on a much more well-off side of the spectrum. It could be much, much worse. And this also, and then I'll wrap up. This goes back to the question of, should we identify ourselves as citizens of the United States or citizens of the world? So like, there are literally people on this planet. I don't know what time of the day it is going to be for you if you hear this. It's 624. So the people in Burundi are probably asleep right now. But at times when I'm awake, people are either sleeping, living in this situation, or awake, living in this situation. And I'm like going about my day. Like I'm chilling in front of a Mac desktop computer with a condenser mic talking about talking about it when other people are certainly living it that's like sonder those people are real those people are alive and then the question is is it my problem or do i what do i not think about it do i think about it and just be like, man, that makes me grateful for my life. Okay. And just like hop in a car and drive to Popeye's and eat a chicken sandwich. But then like, what's the other end of the spectrum? Do I give everything up and like go and do something? What is, where's the line for that of going too far? And Is it going too far? It was like thinking about these things and like being concerned about all of the problems, at least it will say in this, of poverty, let alone all the issues that comes with it. Is it too much? And is it detrimental to always be thinking about it and worried about it? Like, I'm, I am sorry for those people. Because I know, like, I, I, there's a feeling, I, I guess, that, like, somehow my lifestyle is, like, contributing this. And I, do, yeah, I, there is probably an answer. But it's like, I also want to be able to go out to eat. Or I want to be able to drive to Popeye's and, like, get a chicken sandwich, you know? Of course. Do I just give all that up? Because if you were to take... One of them, and when I mean them, I mean, like, any of these, most people on this planet, if you were to say to them, hey, do you want this guy's situation? They'd be like, yes, please, and they would take it. Ooh, conflicting thoughts here. And that's it. So, HDI, which we're going to be using, that's going to be, like, shared terminology so like i ideally you have an understanding of it this is an hour-long podcast holy cow hdi is human development index it's essentially a measurement looking at a scale of one to ten but it's zero to one how developed is this society they're going by nations in this sense there's three indicators that we look at when we're looking at how developed is this nation life expectancy mean years of schooling or expected years of schooling and then gni i'd also like to point something out that i feel i need to at least do with my students 
I mentioned nations that have lower GNI, or sorry, lower HDI, and it's uh, nations in Africa. This does not mean that like all the nations in Africa are have a low HDI and in poverty, nor does this mean like everyone in Africa is living in poverty or like not educated. Just want to clarify that. Now, the trend is there are regions and areas, areas in Asia and Africa tend to have a lower HDI. My argument last week is we can blame the Europeans for that with imperialism, but that does not mean that like it's all of the world and then Africa in regards to HDI. Um, looking at, and I've been pronouncing this incorrectly my entire life. Until I double checked, Mauritius is 66th, and I believe that is the first African nation out of 189, right? And then you start to see other nations pop up. Um, just, I needed to clarify that one. I, f I feel like that's like a mental thing because I assume that, and I don't do this. I try not to do this with my students, but like talk about like poverty and like things going on and then like Africa gets brought up. And then if I don't talk about like the other thing, then they walk away. I'm like, Africa is just a bunch of broke people. Not true. Which shows the complexity of this world and we're seeking to understand it. That's the bell. Peace.